Hello, everyone. Welcome to this podcast. This is Grace, your host of podcast Quantum Nurse, Out of the Rabbit Hole from Stress to Bliss. This podcast provides holistic methods to help dementia caregivers live a rewarding life. And today it's a very special episode because I have a dear friend and a world-known leader, um, not just in our culture, but in the culture of indigenous traditions. And I'm going to introduce to you, I'm, I'm going to introduce her shortly. But let me just remind the, the listeners that um, this, this podcast is in no way a substitute for any kind of medical consultation or professional consultation. And also, I want to re remind the listeners and the viewers that I'm offering a book, a book, a coaching call complimentary. So make sure that they can sign, you know, on my landing page in Mail, MailChimp. And I'm going to put that information below the description of this episode. So today, again, I am very proud and very thankful that Putri Rankamanis made it tonight. And she'll be talking on the topic of healing oneself is healing the village. Again, her topic is healing oneself is healing the village. Let me just read a little bit about Putri. Putri Rankamanis Kiano Noor is the founder, artistic director, and tradition bearer of Kinding Sindao and a storyteller. In June 23, 2005, Putri was enthroned as Bail Alabi Agus Aborokot by the representatives from the 17 Pagawidan Aranao in Marawi City, Lanao del Sur, Philippines. Born and raised in northern Philippines, she is a daughter of the late Sultan Agus of the Royal House of Borokot, the 15th Pagawidan of the Pat Angempong Aranao. She also learned the traditions of the neighboring indigenous communities. She was commissioned by PETA, Philippine Educational Theatrical Association, to write Lem Lunai originally as a play in 1983. An award-winning poet, playwright, she has published Sandstorm in Jeddah a collection of poetry of her experiences in Jeddah, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Recent works include conceived, directed, and choreographed, Bembaran with Perang Sabayang intertwined, Sultan Kudarat, Parang Sabil, Lemlunay, Raha Magandiri, Irimunan Obanag, Pandibulan, and disappeared. She founded Panata and co-authored and performed the Oratoyo Bells of Balangiga and acted a lead role in Disoriented, a feature film of Francisco Aliwalas. She was in Draupudi, directed by Ellen Stewart, the Mama Great Jones repertoire. She is an artist, teacher, faculty of Lotus Fine Arts. 
She is a practitioner of theater of the oppressed and a producer and actor in New York, Kustin, directed by Stephen DeCastro. Putri is an artist activist who, who campaigns for self-determination of the Moro and indigenous people. She is a resident artist of La Mama Experimental Theater Club. Potri is also a board certified medical surgical registered nurse. As a nurse educator, critical care, holistic nurse, she created a healing modality called Resilient Ancestral Nurturing Knowledge and Arts, Ranka. She is a member of the Philippine Nurses Association of New York, founding board of director of Kalusugan Coalition, board director of New York City Community Health Network. Putri is a recipient of the following awards and recognition. Gawad Award, Cultural Center of the Philippines. Carlos Bulosan Award of the Grante Philippines for Poetry. Association of Women Council of New York. Queensboro President Helen Marshall recognition and a fans club recognition of excellence. In Ding Sindao, the organization she founded received 2010 Philippine Presidential Banaag Award. So this is just a brief synopsis of her bio. Her whole life has always been dedicated to arts, indigenous traditions, and just that powerful cultural relationship or among different communities. So tonight, again, we welcome Putri Rankamanis to Quantum Nurse podcast, Out of the Rabbit Hole from Stress to Bliss. Putri, welcome and take it away. Ha. Good morning, everyone in the Philippines or any part of the world. Good afternoon to those who are still in the still in the afternoon time. <laughs> it's New York. It's uh, good morning. Oh no no no! Good midnight. <laughs> good evening. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you, Grace, for inviting me to join this podcast. And um, I'm very happy that you are in. You ha have this initiative of doing this. Um, podcast because we really need an um, what you call an alter media <laughs> you know mm -hmm. it's uh, we're so much loaded with all this television and advertisement and everything that uh, we cannot think for ourselves anymore we're being dictated so that's why I don't have television <laughs> I don't have TV since I was a child because I'm afraid of TV because I'll get addicted and I will forget all the beautiful stories from my childhood you know the legends epics and myths that I listened to from our storytellers in our village you know no electricity no radio no TV but we, I grew up the happiest child in the world, you know. I don't have mechanized uh, toys. We run, I'm, I'm so happy when it's raining because that's the time I run after toads, frogs. Oh no, beautiful. And the frogs is already afraid of me. <laughs> 
okay, so I be- that's beautiful childhood. I never regret that I grew up in that area where there's no electricity. When you go to school and it's raining, you just have to carry your flip-flop with you and you have to wade in the mud and the running water barefoot. And then the umbrella is a banana leaf. Have you ever... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's that... I still cherish that beauty, you know? But anyhow, thank you. And um, I'm happy to be in this program. Thank you too. So tell, tell me more about um, the, the topic, healing oneself is healing the village. Um, you see, we have to be, the word now is called mindful. You know, we have to be mindful of who we are and what we have. And what we have inside us, the power within us that if we're able to look into it, we will say that, oh, I have this talent. I have this empowerment that I have learned from my mother, my aunt, or from the environment. But just looking at the stars, looking at the flights of the birds, or just looking at the waves of the, you know, talahib. You know, talahib is, uh, is a grass that grow in the, the valley. And it's, it's very long. And when it, it, the wind blows, it will sway. And I love that. It looks, for me, it's like dancing. And the smell of the, those, uh, those uh, vegetation, you know? And during, when, uh, during um, rainy season, again, <laughs> rainy season, <laughs> that, those salahe will fall down to the ground because of the heaviness of the rain. So we kids, we get a big taro leaf, you know, bajang, the big, big taro leaf. Cut it, put it in our butt, and then slide down. You see, that tubing is nothing to that experience. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, yeah, healing oneself is, you know, your memory in childhood or your memory as you grow up, even just looking at the, at the boiling rice, you know, the steam coming out from the boiling rice. I really, I really like, uh, have fascination at looking at the boiling rice. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining that the spirit of the rice is coming out, <laughs> something like that. Mm-hmm. I have so much imagination. So, um, and I think that is one thing good because your imagination is really like motivated or you know cultivated because you don't have external you don't have much external uh whatever uh, interaction anyway so if you have balanced yourself inside then you become um aware you become conscious of the environment you become conscious of the people around you the behavior of the people the behavior of the animals or even you can see when will it rain you know when will it rain and then what will be 
after rain. You, know, you become so connected with um, everything around you if you're internally connected to yourself. You, you have to listen to the growl of your stomach, to the beats of your heart. And I give workshop. That's one of my exercises. Put your hand and the right hand on the left side of your breast and try to listen what you have there. So it's then that alone is a reminder that we have you only two bits. You know, I have only two bits. You have only two bits. And everyone has only two bits. It's a drum. You see, during conception, um, the first thing that develops in a fetus is that lump, right? It's a lump of blood. And then you will see two sticks beating. And as these two sticks beat, the, the development of the cells. Okay. So from the very beginning of the development, our development in our body, there's already a rhythm. There's already a beat. It's so beautiful, huh? It's only a bit and then it, 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 it grows and it grows and grows and become human. So if you realize that, then you will understand that the next person next to you has two bits only. So how much those two bits will connect together and create um, a marching band. <laughs> you know, when you see that listen to the marching band, you feel so... Uh, uh, excited, you feel so motivated, and and so that is my uh, that's the way I look at it. now. Those beats will become erratic as we go because according to how we interact with our environment, with our people, and that's where we start. Um, we start realizing that oh, life is not perfect. Okay, where and are you? Had, um, let me just clarify. So were you referring, the two beats you're referring to is to the heartbeats? The heartbeats, the love, love, love. Ah, okay. Because in, you know, when we listen to, when we listen with a stethoscope, we hear that love, dub. So that's the two beats you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Okay. Love, dub, love, dub, love, dub. It's so fascinated with the heart. Uh, so much so that I became... I became an ICU nurse. <laughs> okay. And then like looking at the monitor, um, looking at the monitor, there's a dance in my mind, you know, mm -hmm. like looking at the sinus rhythm and that is the beautiful dance. And if you'll see all the other beats, you will say, oh, that's a waltz. <laughs> oh, that one is really erratic. So I don't know, maybe we have to re-choreograph that, you know. So that's just how I relate my, my art to mm -hmm. my science. Um, it's very, very connected because you see, when I say we heal ourselves, if we heal ourselves plainly, like we don't become a problem of anyone or we don't become a problem of, of the society. Okay. Now, if we heal ourselves, then we become an energy that will be able to influence the bits, the two bits of the others that may have, have some erratic, uh, you know, 
Rhythm. Erratic beats. So, rhythm. So, then like, for example, you're so worried and everything. And then I have to be aware and I have to look into myself. How can I reach out to grace? So, if I, um, become, if I become erratic too and I don't know what is in me, if I do not, I'm not conscious of my own self-healing, then either we fight or we disband. Yeah. But um, so it's just an expression like healing oneself is to heal the village. Meaning to, for me, if I heal myself, that means I hear myself, then I hear you. Okay. The only way to listen to you is when I listen to myself. Now, when I listen to you, and I listen to myself, then if we can multiply that, then, then we can be together, as I said earlier, that we can okay. become a marching band and we can face whatever is the negative energy that is uh, coming, which is, you know, the one that we have to heal. <laughs> okay. So I, what, I, what comes into my imagination is like, because you keep saying about the beats and you keep the rhythm, and then you mention about the, um, the marching band. So it's really like a, it, the symphony, the orchestra, the symphony of orchestra, that if one musician is off, then the whole the whole orchestra, it does not produce that magnificent music that they can do when each of them is in a good musical rhythm, right? So is that, yes. that yeah, that's, that's what came into my mind. Now, how do you think that applies to the caregivers who might be listening to this podcast right now, and they are really, um, they're, they're struggling with, or they're challenged with their, their raising their own families, okay? Because, you know, sometimes, most of the time, I meet caregivers who have their grown children or teenage, and then there may be grandparents, and then they have also their parents, their brothers or sisters or husbands who, are suffering with dementia, how does that apply? You see, um, we, if we, I will go back. If we heal okay. ourselves, then we become a healer. No, um, meaning we cannot heal anybody at all. We, we're no way a healer. But we can only heal ourselves in order for us to share that healing energy so that person will be able to see what kind of energy you have, then they will also heal themselves. So now I understand what you're saying because you see, um, I, I also work um, in um, long-term care. Okay. You know, um, you know, nurses, Filipino nurses, they work a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. They work two jobs. Now, this one, I work two jobs because I send a lot of kids to school back in the Philippines. As I was thinking like, oh, I can just enjoy my life 
and retire. But you see, I'm still able to work. And why not work and send those kids to school so that they can send more kids to school eventually. So now let's go back to dementia. Um, it's very sad, you know, as a caregiver, um, as a family member, and have a person who is demented in your family. It's so sad and you feel so powerless. But the thing is that, as I said, you are the only hope of the person in your family who has dementia. What I mean here is that if you empower yourself, then you, can, you will be able to see. Um, because being a demented person is very frustrating for themselves. Because they understand, they know, they know that they know that they have to remember something and they cannot remember it anymore. And the more they try, the more they forget or the, the more they become erratic. Now, if they are in an environment with love, understanding, and compassion, some of this dementia can, I would not, I mean, I have some readings that it is reversible. It can be reversible. Or it can be like helped by people around them to bring back some of those empowerment, even just the uh, ADL, no? A, uh, activities of daily lives, just going to the bathroom or um, using the spoon or merely asking can I have some water? Now, um, can I have a joke? Oh, sure. Okay, all right. So, uh, I heard this from... I heard this from somewhere, I think. Yeah. So, oh, I heard this from a priest. Mm -hmm. He was uh, in a group and then he was talking about one of his um, parishioners who likes to go confession because, you know, Catholic has a sacrament of confession. So this man likes to ask confession from this priest. Father, can you go to the confessional box? I would like to confess. So, so he went to the confessional box and he talked to the the priest, and you know, the priest, uh, the man said, You know, Father, I know you know that God is my best friend. So the priest said, That is very good. <laughs> then you know, we are really like this with my God. And the priest said, Yes, that is what you should be. And you know, I will tell you how, how because we are like this with my God, He gives me miracles. And the priest said, Okay, so what are those miracles? He said, <laughs> every night when I get up and go to the bathroom, the light will just open by itself. You see, God opened the lights for me, even it's dark. Let there be light. Mm. And so, um, and this is not blasphemous, okay? This is coming from a priest. <laughs> so, so then, um, 
and he said, and then the next day again, he said the same thing. Mm-hmm. So he said, uh-oh, something's going on. So he called the wife. Can you tell me what's going on with your husband? Because he said there's miracles going on in your house. So what kind of electricity do you have? Do you have that kind of electricity when you clap or when you move it opens? See, because your husband said that uh, when he goes to the bathroom, the light just automatically come up. So the wife said, oh my God. <laughs> he peed again in the refrigerator. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, um, for me, it's not a joke. For me, I feel sad after that joke because that thing can happen to us. Any of us, you know, any of us is vulnerable. We don't even know. We don't even know. But now that we have the capacity to care, we have to further observe what is the symptoms of this person? What are the erratic moves of this person? And, he, and then we will look at it in a very scientific way, how to assist that for safety, for primarily for safety. Mm-hmm. Because um, there's so much... Uh, you know, that's the, the distortion of the judgment already. Now, um, primary for safety. And second, of course, the activities for daily living. You know, the care, how the person will eat, toileting, dressing up, where to spit, where to pee, you know. <laughs> Be sure that it's not in the refrigerator. <laughs> so, um for a caregiver, which is 24-7, because it's your family, if you're not able to understand your own self and your own strength, then you will get burned out. Okay. And it's painful to be burned out because it's not only one sick person in the house anymore. There will be two. That includes the caregiver herself. So, um, as a caregiver, we have to understand um, the, the, the symptoms, the patholo- you know, the symptoms, the pathology of the disease by itself. But at the same time, we have to know our strength. Because, you see, um, if I have, uh, if I'm coughing, if I, I don't want to use the corona. <laughs> Yeah. If I have influenza, okay. then I give it to you. I will see it. You're going to cough. You're going to have fever. You will have like sim- symptoms like mine. But then you will just take um, you know, uh, medications for fever or just even just put ice on your head to lower down your fever. But um, the behavioral, behavioral... Um, the behavioral problems, you know, is also contagious. And what is the contagiousness of this is that you don't know you're already copying the behavior of the person you're taking care of. Mm-hmm. 
So I would say that you need to be in a group. It can be a group of people taking care of dementia patients that you share experience with an expert um, an expert therapist mm -hmm. or you can get your own uh, therapist actually for yourself to make you a better and a stronger uh, caregiver of, of your patient of the person in your house who has this kind of diagnosis so um, that that is, this is where we're going to go back to heal thyself so you can heal the village. You can only become an effective caregiver if you are effective caregiver of yourself. Because if you lost that part and you lose the compassion and then eventually you lose the love, maiinis ka na in Filipino language. You become jaded and burned out and then you're going to get sick which is uh, not good because sometimes caregivers become more sick than the person that they're, they're taking care of, um, you know? So I, I have more to share. Um, I went to a certification for nurse, initiat nurse initiative care uh, care for the health of the elderly niche. Okay. Actually, that's uh, I took it from NYU, and that's online actually. So if you would like to look into that, maybe just N I C H E, Nurse Initiative for Care for the Health of the Elderly. So there are a lot of classes. I took it online. Okay. And including uh, the whole course for dementia, and actually all these kind of inter sharing that I have, I learned it from there, including never use uh, words that is like, oh, my senior moment, you know, never use that because that is dis discriminating. <laughs> you don't discriminate seniors <laughs> by using all those, uh, you know, slides, slogans, yeah. whatever. So, Anyway, um, maybe I have talked too much. <laughs> oh, no, no um, you know, um, dementia is always such an interesting topic and big topic. And because uh, I'm, you know, I'm around caregivers and the dementia clients themselves. And during this pandemic time, it was really hard for them because there's no more outlet there's, you know, they used to go to an adult medical day center where they could have the socialization and suddenly they can't go. So they're locked in their homes and those, and a number of them are, uh, a number of them live by themselves. Um, but some, there was a time when one or two family members um, made sure that they're loved ones who were living by themselves, they temporarily moved them to their own homes, you know, with the, with the rest of the family. But nevertheless, whether they are by themselves or with the family, the caregivers really struggle on what else to do with them or how can they really take care of them physically also because sometimes the, care, the 
patient, the clients are not as cooperative with the family as it is with non-family. So you, you, just, you just keep on reinforcing the need for the caregivers to really take very good care of themselves to be able to handle situations like this, right? In this pandemic time, correct? Right. Yeah. So, but um, you, you be, you've, been, you've been doing this, you know, nursing work with from all types of ages that you've had your experience. And, and now, you know, we're, you're, you're focused with a lot of the elderly population, right? Just like me. And just, you know, so what, what other than what, what would, what do you think would be a good um, routine for them? Just, you know, I, I know it may not be true to each family, but what could be like, what is like the possible routine for self-care for them from the morning till the end? Just like, you know, as I said, to each its own schedule, but Give me a good example of what a good caregiver might do daily. But um, just by themselves. I'm not talking about in how they care for their loved ones. Because um, uh, right now, let me just, I will assume that they know how to take care of their loved ones. Because most of them, they even really neglect themselves or they sacrifice a lot to take care of their loved ones. But let's see what we can do or what we can suggest that would be, you know, practical for them. Um, if there, first, if there's um, another person to, to like do shifts, that would be good too. But if there's none, then um, in the morning, mm -hmm. if you know, if you pray, if you meditate, that's very, very important because that is where you connect yourself to yourself. You clean your mind, you listen to your body. And this is when the person you're taking care of is sleeping. Mm -hmm. okay. Use that to your own self-care. Um, Use that to your own self-care. Listen to yourself. If you're a prayerful person, if you have the routine of prayer, do it. And then further meditation. And if you can do um, exercises, you know? Okay. If you do, if you like yoga, that's good. Because you can just do it while looking at your patient they're looking at your patient put your yoga mat and do the exercises and and of course you have to focus on yourself at the same time uh you know that that person will not fall <laughs> you don't want that person to fall so use uh, be very creative it's very very important that you care for your own physical body you know like uh, you can hear it from people who's taking care, like family. Oh, I sacrifice a lot. I give up my own health. Um, well, we can see we applaud you on that. 
but mm. actually I will take back my applause because first you have to hear to be a hero to your own self to to become safe to become safe to take care of this person because you can only be as effective when you are healthy you can make this person healthy if you're healthy but if you're giving up yourself then you will have hypertension you're going to have a broken back you're going to have a broken knee hmm. and then then you you cannot even brush your teeth because you become your own depression hmm. you become ugly then then you eat and eat a lot then you're going to have you become overweight yeah that's not the right um that's not the right way of caring the dementia patient you have to wake up take a shower exercise you know as i said pray first exercise take a shower put on your makeup put on your makeup put on your best dress you know the clothes that are easy and scrub suit is good because it's easy you have pockets and it's easy to wash also just in case you have to change i mean you know you dirty yourself sometimes mm-hmm. and so um uh yeah and then listen to listen to your favorite music something that is healing some music that is um some music that is related to your own um your own fate maybe mm-hmm. or some music that is um that will bring you your spirit up you don't put on a music that will put you down something that will make you dance okay. you know and also music that is good for the healing of your uh, client so something that you don't forget yourself it's very very important you know you can only be a good caregiver if you're good to yourself i don't know if i am saying good and then also keep a diary if you could keep a diary right write yeah. your anger write your anxiety write your appreciation write because you don't have anyone to talk to write it because you know what one day you can make money out of that writing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so the, the bottom line is no matter what they're going through um like saying they don't have time they're so stressed out or they don't know they are not those are not really excuses right or they cannot be accepted as as an excuse for not fully taking care of themselves correct 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 right yeah cuz cuz then yeah cuz i i i see caregivers who they really burn out and sometimes they don't even start taking care of themselves they wait they wait when they're sick already and they wait they wait when they're frustrated so i wanted to make sure that whoever listens to us you know will not be will won't, won't wait too late or won't wait too long 
before they do anything to take care of themselves. So it's really important. Yeah. So it, it, the thing is that you have to. <laughs> we have to appreciate ourselves always by not, you know, like we care for others because we love them. Love yourself first. Yeah. Now, so like, a, like for you, Putri, you, you, even if I, you know, it's not that you have a family directly uh, right now who's suffering for dementia, but you're so busy taking care of many things as well. So what would be your, you know, the number one habit that you will not let go for the day? Oh, I have to pray five times a day. Okay. Yeah. And that's obligatory. Mm -hmm. And then the other habit is I always take shower. That's one. Mm -hmm. And then I have to put on um, rose oil on my face. Okay. And then when I go out, I have to put sunblock. That's all. None, no expensive habit. And also, I have to take all the minerals that I have to take. Okay. Because I want to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> now, what happens when uh, you get, did you ever have that moment when you feel like you have failed in doing something, especially caring? Because, you know, a nurse <clears throat> is always a nurse, always caring. You ever had that moment? Well, there's always a feeling of guilt, you know? Um, and uh, you see, I a feeling of guilt. It's, I don't know, um, the feeling of guilt is that is the part where I could have done more. Okay. I could have done more. Maybe if I did more, maybe she didn't die. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, for example, the most recent uh, case of an elderly that I was thinking of warning him not to take the bus, wear your mask, and that was already March twenty six. But when I went downstairs, he was not there anymore. He left. Mm. So he, he got uh, contaminated with COVID. Mm. And then he passed away. So I have that feeling of failure somewhere. Okay. Or about that uh, lady that I... Um, that is very important to us. Mm -hmm. Very important to me. I even call her my fairy godmother. Mm -hmm. And I left her at one o'clock in the morning. This is uh this is not part this is not a paid job at all. These are all volunteer. This is okay. this is community and uh, this is my volunteer work taking care of artists who are old artists. And then I left her at one o'clock with another nurse. Expecting that, oh, I'm leaving her in the hands of a registered nurse. That means she will suction her. So I went home and then at 3 o'clock, 
they called me that she passed away. So I feel like, oh, where did I fail? Just a matter of two hours, I could have stayed there. I could have kept her alive. Or about my mother that uh, I came home from Dubai mm -hmm. and she cannot speak anymore. She's a phasic. So I asked, oh God, please give me one hour just to let my mother speak. Then it becomes, give me 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Give me 20 minutes, 15 minutes, one minute. Just 30 seconds, give me, or even just one second to let her speak. But then, um, you know, you, the, the thing is, I think that's where the, the kind of the feeling of failure that I'm taking care of other people abroad and I was not able to take care of my mother. Okay. So those are the carried feeling of failure that uh, comes back every now and then. So... Um, I think that's that's the the feeling. That's I think that's the. So how do you overcome I, that? Uh, well, I pray five times a day, and I pray hard that I will be forgiven. <laughs> we have to be kind to ourselves, and we have to forgive ourselves for the faults that we think we're, we're guilty of. So, and uh, I think prayer and meditation is the only way to overcome it because uh what else there's no way anymore it's it's more on the spiritual side actually so uh, spirituality is very important in order for us to um to keep to keep that to keep that energy within us because that is i think that is what you call the soul right That's, mm -hmm. that is the soul because otherwise um you see, as a nurse, especially when you are dealing with critical care, you give everything. Mm -hmm. You give everything, patient, resuscitate the patient, all this. And then all of a sudden, I saw one nurse, her back, back snap out because mm -hmm. she just pulled up. And there are uh, ergonomics that we have to follow. Like, okay, this is very important to caregivers of dementia patients. Because some of the demented patients are not capable anymore of standing up by themselves or going back, going, lying down by themselves or turning. So you don't give away your spine. You only have one. And that is also the hope of the demented patient. Your spine <laughs> that would help him or her go up, go down, or put them into a chair. So you have to go into um, ergonomics, the correct body positioning in handling um, weights. Mm -hmm. And then if their insurance will allow, if you have that kind of bed patient, if the insurance will allow, you will be given uh, uh, devices that would help the patient turn or get up, you know. So uh, in, in here, if we uh, patient at home or patient in group homes, there are insurances and there are um, requirements. There, there are things that you can look into the insurance that are applicable to the need of the patient. Of course, you ask, the doctor because each of these patients they have their own PCP. Okay. So 
you have to talk to the PCP to give you those orders and either the insurance will bring that to your house if that is a house case. Uh, why I know all this because I've been super, I mean, I've been volunteering, taking okay. care of patients at home. They're, they're not my paid patients. They are, this is the patients from my heart. Mm-hmm. So I have to go out my way to do the caregiving and see what does the insurance cover. Now, what is that to the caregiver? That is very, very important. You know, love yourself so that you are able to care effectively this patient. Do correct body positioning. You know, when you when you pick up something, you don't you don't pick up arching. You pick up with your squatting. Now, um, there are resources in YouTube in patient safety resources that. Um, the caregivers can access even in their phone. So those are things that we have to remember that, you know, always self-care so you can care. Now that self-care, there other, um, there other help, there other resources that you can effectively care for yourself. And uh, always remember tell yourself that you're a beautiful person and you are a graceful dancer. Then you will tell me, oh, I don't dance. No, you dance. You dance and you dance so that all the stress will go out. You know, dancing is not dancing actually. Dancing is telling yourself that you're graceful, that you're pliant. You have to continue doing that. Otherwise, everything will be calcified. And then you will be in pain yourself. Okay. Right. Now, is there anything, you know, that for you, I know that a lot of dementia patients and even caregivers have issues of sleep deprivation. So is there anything that keeps you awake at night? Me? Yes. Um, I uh, used to be a nurse for a night nurse times 20 years. And also up to now, I work nights in the nursing home. Uh, I only stop in March (laughs) Mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm kind of elderly too. And my husband is elderly, so I cannot, uh, I can't really. But how did you get talking about that? How did you? take care of yourself during this pandemic time as, as we are uh, in age risk of the, you know, so I, I'm still a frontliner. I'm a still a frontliner, but, but because um, I used to be a nurse educator who trained everyone to, for the Ebola pandemic. So I am very conscious of, the PPE, well, actually, the frontlining is more of nurse education, like teaching everyone how to wear the PPE and orientation. So, handling of COVID patient is kind of rare for me, but still in the hospital. So, when I go home, I isolate myself from everyone, actually. And um, I don't know if I was positive. I was not tested. 
but um, this uh, this one too. <laughs> this is also applicable to every caregiver because every dementia patient is high risk. So is the take. Is so is the caregiver. So for now, we just have to be extra careful. Um, there's a lot of conspiracy theory, but at the same time, we will just be careful, self-care, because we don't know what is going on. One thing is sure, uh, we don't know what is the uncertainty, but there's one thing certain, that we have to take care of ourselves, and we have our own body um, defenses, that we have to continue developing that body defenses because we were not born in this earth without uh, without our own defenses inside us. It's just lost along the way. If we are stressed, that defenses will go down, then we'll be prone to sickness. So do something that would distress you. Dance, music, and most of all, meditation and prayer. And... Uh, you see, it's, uh, it's hard, but it's easy. When you will have like two minutes or three minutes of respite, sit, take a deep breath, and then let that energy travel from the tip of your hair down to your feet. So you, then everything becomes relax everything is like you will feel that your eyebrow is not meeting anymore your your forehead is not doing that wrinkles because when you see if you're stressed you're like this you know and that's the thing that makes you ugly oh my god oh my god you know that doesn't look good so take a deep breath and free all the tension in your body pray and the three minutes that you do that, it's a big respite and you are energized immediately. That's what you call uh, a three minutes vacation. <laughs> three minutes vacation, you're like this. Uh, I'm very, very, I mean, sometimes in the ICU, I take care of three patients. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, also foreign languages. <laughs> so... Then you have two patients and you have another patient that will come with other language. So the other nurses said, wow, you didn't get a translator? I don't say anything because I speak English and I speak Arabic. One, of, one, <laughs> one patient speaks Spanish, speaks Spanish. And then I go to another patient, it's Arabic. You know? So, and then, and then at the end of the work, they will say, did you really work? Mm -hmm. I said, did you see me? <laughs> did you see me? I really work. But like, you were singing all the time. You were dancing all the time. I said, so what do you want me to do? Cry? <laughs> I can't afford that. So when I get my medication in the medication room, I am dancing. There's music in my mind. When I come to my patient, I am happy. Mm -hmm. And if my patient is conscious, else, like, Senora, mm -hmm. do and you will say and and this is how my other colleague said oh she's really crazy because I'm gonna ask the patient Kerry canta 
<laughs> you sweet tiny musica para ti. Then um, then the one time that I was singing to the old man, Señor, quiere canta para oración o canta para para amor? <laughs> the old man is so stressed and so grumpy that he just like um you know, show me and I start singing Pesame, pesame mucho. The man said, "Yo viejo, yo viejo." <laughs> he doesn't like me to sing a love song for him. He's old. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, that's the way how to handle life. You know, life is so hard already. Very, it's it's heavy, mm-hmm. but don't make it heavier mm-hmm. by defying gravity. That's a song. <laughs> Yeah. Have you you ever experienced any kind of pain? Oh, I'm in pain 24-7. I'm in pain 24-7. I will tell you. Um, When I was a child, when I was 13, you know, I grew up during the Marcos regime in the Philippines. I was a political prisoner. (laughs) I I was an activist. And I got tortured. And then I broke my shoulder and then it healed by itself because you're a child. And then I came to America. It's cold here. That is where the pain starts. So my shoulder is painful 24-7. Mm-hmm. Plus the arthritis mm-hmm. that you get because it's cold. Oh, my knees are cracking. My elbows. It's all painful all over, especially during winter. But nobody knows I'm in pain because you know why? Mm-hmm. Um, why? I know I studied where the pain is coming from. I know it's arthritis. So what am I going to do? Cry? No. Take some medicine? No. I don't want to take any of those drugs. I don't want any medication. So dancing. Huh? That's why I have a cultural group. <laughs> and for me... You can only be your own doctor. And everything is there for you to use. That's the tool. Make yourself intentionally happy. If you, Because most of the time, we feel oppressed. Especially in this kind of profession. Especially in the caregiving um, occupation. We always feel oppressed. The patient is heavy. The patient is grumpy. The patient uh, cursed me. You know? The patient, like, you know? So it's, um, it's a world that is negative. But, but look, we became caregivers because you would like to bring that into positive. Okay. That we became, we are supposed to give that positive energy. And if we are not intentional, then they get sick. So, one word. Be intentionally happy. Intentional. Look for something that will make your life easy. Happy. And if you're really feeling low, 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 be conscious. Be conscious and tell yourself, tell yourself, I can do this and I'm going to think of beautiful things because i'm beautiful and i'm happy be intentional some people tell are telling me that's denial uh it can be but 
how much denial is denial the depression the <laughs> the gravity is there always mm -hmm. because we are in a profession that takes care of disease this is you know this is disease <laughs> now disease is negative and why we're there i repeat we have to bring the sunshine we have to bring the healing we have to bring the positive so what positive your, energy so what's your most transform trans, transforming moment that you have experienced oh i have very bad experience you see i grew up in an area in the philippines that that the, the word Islamophobia is not, is not yet there, but there's so much discrimination I have undergone as a Muslim. Um, and sad because it's in the Philippines, you know? Now, I really like why I'm being discriminated. Why I have to change my name into something, a name that, that will sound like them. And why they always point at me every time there's something wrong. So I really tried to study that am I their enemy mm -hmm. when I am the same Filipino? So that is where I studied history very well. And I listened to the oral history from my elders and to see that it is from, it is scared from the 400 years of history of colonization under the Spaniards that are that implanted the bias against the Muslims in the South. So, and then, so for me, it's like, aha, uh -huh, okay, I'll make money out of you. <laughs> and that's an expression that I will not allow this. I will not fight you because we're the same in a very bad situation. Actually, you're you were like colonized for 400 years and then now I'm being oppressed because of that consciousness. No, I'm not going to allow this. So I studied very well the history of the Philippines and how colonization affected, affected my friends. And most of all, I studied the cultural, culture and tradition that would that would manifest that, look, this is our beautiful civilization that were cut off because of the colonization. So my point here is that uh, we cannot just become, we cannot just react negatively to anything that is negative. We have to study the history so that it will become a power it will become an empowerment instead of just reacting to it and fighting it you know we have to understand why and what happened so and what was the question again what uh, my turning point yeah the transforming that's, point that you have that's my transforming point the early day you know and I, the word Islamophobia is not there, but I felt already the discrimination and it's also life-threatening discrimination. But um, I, I, I cannot allow myself to become a victim. I have to be a champion. Then, then what's your superpower then? The superpower is because 
I pray for discernment. Always discernment. And, you know, um, I think that is where my superpower is coming from. It's not mine. It's only given to me if I accept it and nurture it in me, then I have that superpower. Otherwise, I'm nothing. It's, it's, a, it's, our, it's my belief to the Creator that I will be given a chance to become the extension of that power. That's <laughs> not mine. I'm just an extension. So, and humility. Humility is a big big time superpower what i mean is mm, the prayer for empowerment mm -hmm. and and then keeping that empowerment in humility and that is where the superpower comes from <laughs> because we cannot be proud at all you know whoever we are we're nothing but because we pray hard. We pray a lot. We get those blessings and we become the extension of the beauty, the beauty of our creator, you know? So that's the way how to keep yourself, be an effective caregiver. And how to do that? Keep yourself beautiful. Okay. Inside. When you're beautiful inside, then it will just glow outside, of course. And then the discernment is there. If you pray again and again, you will see the light. Okay. You know? Is there anything else that surprises you? Um, I would say not much. But there's only sometimes the surprise is that it's not really a surprise. It can be expected. Mm -hmm. That there are people really who will run after you just to destroy you, you know. So, the more in, in you know, the they said, like, you attract if you're positive, you attract the negative. So, expect that. So, that's the surprise that uh, there are really people that that's so unhappy if you're happy, okay? So, expect that, but then. Don't allow that unhappiness of the other person make you unhappy. Just continue to be happy. And eventually, you make that unhappy person happy. Then that's it. Like, you know, how much do we have to live in this earth? Then we cannot be, uh, we cannot be dissuaded by negative energies. You just have to continue and continue and continue becoming that power empowerment you know so that's the superpower <laughs> oh there's there's a cup actually there's a cup that says i'm a nurse and what is your superpower <laughs> uh, i like that yeah that's a good one what what does what is putri going to do in the next five years i'm gonna write my book that's one I will continue to teach. I will continue to study. I will continue um, dancing, <laughs> teaching the dance. Mm -hmm. I will continue praying, and I will. I will. My my greatest uh, dream is to really read 
Arabic so I can read the Quran in its original version. This my Arabic is like kindergarten. And then um yeah, write more poetry, be beautiful, and hopefully take care of my grandkids. Okay. And uh, continue planting. Even though I don't have land, I have a lot of uh, pots. I am, I am doing a contest with Grace with her pots. <laughs> it's nice to have your own herbs. Huh? Where would the listeners or the viewers reach you? If they want to reach you, tell where can they find you? Oh, go to my IG. <laughs> Instagram, Putri Rankamanis. And also, I have a Facebook, Putri Rankamanis. Or you can visit www.kindingsindao.org. It's a cultural group that uh, brings the ancestral energy here to dance. Ancestral energy that's coming from the ancient 14th century Philippines in the island of Mindanao. We bring it here in New York to become a home for people who wanted to immerse into that ancestral energy to dance, music, silat martial art. You can visit www.kindingsindao.org. My phone number is there. You can also text me. But then, I will not give you my phone number now, so you'll be visiting that website. <laughs> and I'll make sure that I put all your information in the description of this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and before we sign off, I usually like to end the podcast by sharing a quantum um, affirmation. See, I, I've been telling the listeners that every day I have these quantum cards that I shuffle and I pick one card and then I read that particular affirmation three times a day. So it's kind of like my prayer. So today, I, it was, it's very interesting that what I got today says willingness to forgive. I am compassionate and understanding toward others. I forgive others for their wrongdoing or hardness of heart toward me. Forgiving frees me from feelings of resentment and anger. I forgive myself for my own negative actions toward others. I am compassionate and understanding toward others. I forgive others for their wrongdoing or hardness of heart toward me. Forgiving frees me from feelings of resentment and anger. I forgive myself for my own negative actions toward others. I am compassionate and understanding toward others. I forgive others for their wrongdoing or hardness of heart toward me. Forgiving frees me from feelings of resentment and anger. I forgive myself for my own negative actions toward others. So thank you so much, Putri. And I'm glad you, you and I were able to do this. And I'd really like to encourage more Filipinos because I want this also to be part of the, uh, the Filipino legacy that we could have a podcast where we are free to express ourselves and be able to reach as much uh, people out there who would like to listen to different views and that would help each and everyone. And as you said, when we heal oneself, 
we heal the rest of the village and it just kind of makes sense and then when the the more more people are being healed within the community then it's easier for one person to be healed so thank you again and to all the listeners and viewers thank you i just want to remind that we have a complimentary book coaching call that they could sign up in the information below and in my dialect i say mabalos and putri will say salamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh see see the philippines has many tribes many islands so we could speak as many 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 languages thank you mabalos okay bye salamu alaikum okay